Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Not to be overly dramatic or anything, but Guadalupe Mountains National Park tried to kill me. It did not try to kill you. Come on. Yes, it did. And after seeing my life flash before my eyes on that El Capitan trail, I have no doubt that this park wants to end me. I felt deceived, I felt attacked, and I felt used. Of all the trails I've done at Guadalupe Mountains, and I've done a bunch at this point, in fact, I think this is the park that I've done more hiking and more trails than any other park over the course of my two visits here, I will say that the El Capitan Trail was the least assuming. I thought it was going to be Easy, honestly. It's marked as moderate in every guidebook, in every visitor guide, and even the trailhead categorizes it as moderate, since it's allegedly a mostly flat trail that goes out along the base of this giant mountain-looking rock face known as El Capitan, just like the one in Yosemite, kind of. Um, But I'm going to need to have a serious discussion with someone about this, because 5,000 feet of elevation gain. 5,000 feet. Yeah, several unending miles, seemingly. And hurricane force winds are not my idea of moderate by any means. That was a really windy day, though. I mean, the RV was getting pretty high gust of winds throughout it, like the whole evening. I mean, and into the morning. It continued to wake us up multiple times. I'm just glad I didn't do this trail. But I'm Brad. And I'm Matt. And we sold our loft in Chicago and gave up our city-dwelling existence to live in an RV and travel the country full-time. Just us and our dog, Finn. (laughs) And today we're talking about Guadalupe Mountains National Park in Texas. Thanks for listening. Trails. Yeah, so this trail starts by the main visitor center. There are a bunch of trailheads there. And it goes out pretty far into the desert. Uh, seemingly like it's going to be flat and pretty level, but... Then it starts to steadily rise and dip in elevation as it passes in and out of these little canyon pockets. And it's inching, like, increasingly closer to El Capitan, which initially when you're starting it, it's kind of way off in the distance. And then 
the miles progress and it gets closer and closer and larger and larger, which is great and beautiful and would all be well and good if it wasn't such a miserably windy day. Uh, today, I remember, was particularly intense. And earlier that morning, though, I had done uh, the Permian Reef Trail, which is marked as strenuous. And that seemed like it was pretty fine to me. So I didn't really think anything of doing this. I thought it would be easy in comparison. Uh, but I guess... <laughs> were you wrong? I was... Yes, you were. <laughs> dead wrong. But being, I think the fact that it's kind of such open desert terrain with no tree cover or mountainsides to shield me or deflect the wind, I was getting pelted really hard, like head on. And see, like it seemed like no matter what direction I was going, the wind was hitting me dead on and going against me, which was so frustrating and just sucked the energy out of me. And it reached a point where I was starting to like scream into the wind as loud as I could because no one else was around. The wind was so loud that it was stifling. As I've told everyone before, I married a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you're my psycho. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was definitely have a psych- having a psychotic moment out there in the desert, um, swearing into the wind as if that would help. Um, but don't, don't get me wrong. Like The views were spectacular, especially as the trail winds along the base of this gigantic rock face. This thing looms so large, jutting directly up out of the desert floor like a massive sheer cliff. The terrain is mostly dry sand and rocks, but it's all dotted with small greenery like little cacti and shrubs and these spiky-looking mezcal plants. I love me some mezcal. Same. That, that, almost, that made things worse because while I was out there suffering, it just made me thirsty for mezcal cocktails. Which were hard to find. Hard to find, yeah. When, like, the mezcalarine people were there. Like, yeah. Like, the native... Americans, like, I don't get it. Yeah, the visitor center should serve mezcal cocktails. That would really help me out. I needed a drink after this trail, let me tell you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, like, all beautiful, all stunning. Unfortunately, the the beauty was mostly lost on me since the wind was hitting me so hard that it was basically punching the glasses right off my face and pulling tears out of my eyes. Like, I wasn't... Pulling tears out of your eyes. Can you just be more dramatic, please? I wasn't crying, like, but tears were like being, pulling yeah, out of my like eyes, flying out of my eyes. Yeah. What is this metal in your magneto? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> it was an experience, and so that's happening as the trail is getting rockier and rockier and more jagged and sharp. And I literally just kept getting knocked to the ground and against the side like a rag doll being thrashed in a storm. It was crazy. I was way Aww. out of my element. <laughs> a little rag doll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is not even the worst of it. The worst was when the trail reaches its pinnacle at this overlook, um, like cliff edge. There are like sand dunes in the distance. So it's on a nice day when the wind is docile. I'm sure it's beautiful and peaceful. But it was so horrifyingly windy here at this point that I had to pretty much get into a sprint in order to even inch myself forward. It was (laughs) so strong. And I was beyond exhausted at this point. As I'm like looping around, this trail curves back towards El Capitan. And it's getting narrower to make things worse. (laughs) And I had to, like, crawl or duck down and, like, inch my way along the trail because I was too scared. If I was standing up, I I was afraid I was going to get knocked into the canyon below, like, off the cliff. I I just really wish I was there because if I was there, I feel like it would be a different story. I feel like you're over-dramatizing this. Like, yeah. No. You definitely are. (laughs) It It got so bad. I was... Just screaming and crying against my will. And I was, I, it got to a point where, like, I was El Capitan personified 
my problems and I would blame it for what was happening to me in the wind and feeling like I was being destroyed. And I really felt betrayed by El Capitan. I thought it was trying <laughs> to, yeah, betrayed. it didn't want me hiking this trail. You're just mad that El Capitan made you its... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it definitely put me in my place, which apparently is pretty low. But hmm. eventually, I, after what seemed like forever, I rounded the, the kind of narrow nightmare portion of the trail, and things started to calm down like a little bit now that I have several cuts and wounds from being thrown against the rocks. You really did. I actually, I'm like, prove it, and he did. Like, there mm-hmm. was legit scrapes, scraps, and... Yeah, my, some of my... Clothes were cut. Like I got hit. I hit the rocks enough for my clothes to get torn. That's crazy. Yeah. So the wind kind of persisted for the rest of my hike back to the trailhead because, of course, it did. But it wasn't nearly as bad as like this horrible, terrifying moment. And when I finally finished this safely, shut away in our rental car, my legs were jiggling like jello, and my heart was pumping, (laughs) and I kind of felt like my whole body had been like just thoroughly electrocuted or something. <laughs> yeah, but let's just, yeah, that, that was not moderate by any means. I can't, I'm like appalled that any guidebook or trailhead rates that as moderate, even without the wind. That's an insane amount of like elevation gain and distance. It's it's crazy. Yeah, normally they're pretty like overrating things. Yeah. And this one was definitely underrated. This was, yeah, way off. Of course, El Capitan aside, Guadalupe Mountains National Park isn't all nightmarish winds and near-death experiences, fortunately. This West Texas park is is mostly a paradise for hikers and rock lovers, as in geology, not like the genre of music. Um, Rockers can love it, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah, just bring, like, your headphones, I guess. Um, (laughs) Because you're trying to mute out my... Yeah! Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that makes this so appealing for hikers is Guadalupe Mountains has the tallest peaks in the state of Texas. It has gypsum sand dunes. It has tons of human history and also, most fascinatingly, the largest exposed Permian Reef in the world. Yeah, so that's something to chew on. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to do and see and learn uh, in Guadalupe Mountains. And as long as you don't foolishly venture into the into the park on a day when the forecast looks like a scene from the movie Twister, like I stupidly did. You'll have a great time. Yeah, I know for us, like, Guadalupe Mountains was actually like a two-parter trip since we had the RV parked at the campsite near Carlsbad Cavern, which is about 40 minutes away. But after a couple days of exploring the caves, we got to spend a lot of time in Guadalupe National Park. There's just a whole new set of activities to do, especially the hiking The park has a lot of great hiking trails, ranging from difficult and lengthy to easy half-mile strolls by a spring to the hardcore 11-mile trails of that vengeful Cap Mm. El Capitan. I can't even talk about that. I don't don't want to see El Capitan for the rest of my life. I can't wait to go back now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, yeah, like you said, like, Guadalupe Mountains is so close to Carlsbad Caverns. It's a great one-two punch. And to do both parks, and they're both so different. For as close as they are, geographically, they're they're worlds apart. And that's phenomenal, phenomenal and so cool. Uh, When I first visited Guadalupe Mountains, it was by myself. I was doing a little solo, like, three-day road trip down from Albuquerque, uh, which, so we were in Albuquerque. You were selling 
Burton's Maplewood Farm maple syrup at the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta. Yes, this is the time when you decided to um, freak out on me because we had to curb those plans to go to another event. Um, you know, it, it was stressful to plan this, but it worked out, and we became a great team because of that. Yeah, it worked out great. I was clearly hankering for some hiking, so as long as I had access to it, I was very, very happy. And so what we decided to do was just me, kind of go off on my own for a few days, rent a car, drive down to Guadalupe Mountains, which is just a few hours south of Albuquerque. We got this cute little Airbnb in, in Carlsbad, so drivable and close. And then I was able to do some trails here, including the park's crown jewel and one of my favorites, Guadalupe Peak, its namesake. This is the highest peak in the park and all of Texas. That's a pretty big feat. Texas is big. Mm, yeah, Texas is big. Um, and this is the biggest mountain in Texas, I guess. It's 8,749 feet tall. So it's not huge compared to like a lot of Western mountains, especially in states like Colorado and California. But still very impressive and quite strenuous to do, especially since the trail is really steep and it's about nine miles round trip. But even that being said, this was a piece of cake compared to El Capitan, which I'll never let go. Um, Guadalupe Peak, the trail starts from like the same trailhead area as El Capitan. And it starts out pretty steep in the first couple miles, especially. There are some serious switchbacks that account for a majority of the elevation gain on this trail. Switchbacks just like ruin me because... They're kind of defeating. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I could just go straight up. Like <laughs> mm, like a mountain goat. Yeah, like a mountain goat. Mm, yeah, if only. Yeah, so these switchbacks kind of zig and zag up the mountainside, and it's definitely rough, but the, the views of the valley below are amazing, and there are a bunch of points where you can see this sweeping panorama of the desert, the whole Lake Chihuahua Desert out there, and a lot of it's kind of flat once you're out of the national park. So you can see for quite a ways and it makes for a great view. And it's also kind of a motivating factor too. Like, oh, I can do this. It's, it's great. It's beautiful. I love it. And then the trail kind of rounds them into the park around the mountain into a tranquil forest setting, which was surprising and also very a welcome reprieve and a, a break to get into the shade and cool off for a bit also get off those awful switchbacks. And then you reach a section that feels like you're almost at the top or like you're about to get to the end. And then, just kidding, no, you still have a long way to go. And, and it's go. Very, yeah, it's very and deceiving. Go. And mm -hmm. go. Yeah, it turns out I think that area was just like, there's a backcountry campground up there. And as you're getting towards the campground, it feels like you're getting to the top and then it psychs you out and you have to go around the mountain face again, and there's a whole other section. Which isn't too bad, because it's it's not as steep as the initial part. So as long as you can get over the first, I would say, two miles, then you're mostly in the clear, as long as you have like the stamina and time and water, of course. It's the last stretch of Guadalupe Peak that gets pretty hands-on. There's some scrambling. There's some rock Like sections. a mountain goat? Yeah, like a mountain goat. Exactly. <laughs> And well worth the effort because, like, you get to the top and there's this triangle-shaped marker signaling the highest point in Texas. And it's a very it's a very rewarding experience. You, you feel like, oh, I, I really made it. I actually did this. And it's 
it's great. I feel like I can relax now and sit down and rest my legs and have my little tuna salad lunch kit. At this point, I've eaten tuna salad in the weirdest places, to be honest. Yeah, I think you have. I love those things. We're going to hear more about other trails after this short break. everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hi, I'm Brad. And I'm Matt. And you're listening to Parklandia. Today we're talking about Guadalupe Mountains National Park. And we're going to go on our next trail, which is a little less insane than Matt's overdramatic story of El Capitan and some others. No, that was completely accurate, my description. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> okay, maybe it was. I wasn't there. But we're going to talk about McKittrick Canyon Trail. We did this one together, and it's a much more level trail, you know, something that you can actually, like, probably run up if you wanted to. But yeah, um, I loved how it just went along the mountainside and— there's this beautiful stream in the park. We even had to tiptoe across some rocks a few times to cross the stream. The The trail was really lovely and peaceful, especially when you get out of the direct sunlight into the shade of the canyon's maple trees. These ones you're not able to tap. You know, that's only grown mm-hmm. in the, and, yes. like, pretty much <laughs> the northeast. But if I could, I would um, because that's how beautiful these trees were. Oh, I mean, yeah. they were just so full of foliage and— Altogether, I guess this was only about five miles round trip. 
and it takes you to this historic Pratt Lodge um, named after Walter Pratt, who was a geologist with the heart of gold. Yes, with an angel. Yes, we owe a lot to Mr. Pratt. Um, He and his family owned about 6,000 acres of land here in the canyon, and because they loved it so much um, as a separate destination, they even built a cabin there, which you are able to go and see to this day. Um, You can't go inside of it, but it is a beautiful place for a nice shaded picnic. Yeah, great spot for tuna salad. My favorite. Really? Yeah. Come on. Every spot is a good. You're spot just for obsessed. Tuna Again, you're obsessive. Yeah, what <laughs> can I, I say? I love that about you. Yeah. Well, anyway, this guy, Walter Pratt, he eventually donated this private land to the government, allowing it to form Guadalupe Mountains National Park. And today, McKitcher Canyon is one of the most popular destinations here. Thanks, Walter. I know, seriously. But this guy, he wasn't the first person to discover the mountains by any means. No, 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 definitely not. I mean, there's um, evidence of humans that lived here for over 10,000 years. Um, There were definitely ancient hunter-gatherers who left behind things like rock art and uh, pottery creations. The area's main occupation was by the Mescalero Apache people. They eventually ended up retreating into the mountains because of the settlers who were expanding. Um, Sadly... We've all learned that this kind of evasion before has happened over and over and over again. And um, after a series of conflicts between the Apache and the soldiers, most Native Americans were forced onto reservations. Yeah, really awful. Um, Settlers attempted to ranch here too at, at some point, but the terrain is just too rugged and difficult and unforgiving. Um, one thing that they did manage to accomplish was build a structure called Frijole Ranch. They did this in 1876. It's served as a residence and eventually as a community center and even a post office. Today, though, it's just a small museum um, with ranching history, and it serves as the entry point to a couple of the park's easiest trails, which go to Smith Spring and Manzanita Spring. Both are lovely. Yeah, I'd actually love to talk some more about the diverse uh, terrain and trails opportunities here. There was the Salt Basin Dunes. Yeah, I know. This is definitely a part of the park that is very unvisited, undiscovered, probably because it's really out on its own and it takes a while to get there. But it's what it's totally worth the drive. This place looks like a whole other planet entirely. It looks more like Death Valley, honestly, than Guadalupe Mountains. Yeah, you have to really drive a long way to get there, though. I mean, you have to drive outside the park and then around the southern edge and then back into the park from the west side. Um, and then there's this, like, super long dirt road with you know, occasional homes and trailers and little farms with goats that look like demons from that movie, you know, The Witch. Yeah, I know. I remember seeing, like, scary-looking goats that I assume were possessed by Satan. But anyway, it's good to keep driving. Just keep on driving. Yes. This section is so far out of the way. And we were the only ones there. We're the only car in the little parking lot, which was good. It it was great. And it was fun to do that and have it all to ourselves, really. It was a scorching hot day. The sun was blazing. We had to spray a whole bunch of sunscreen, bring water, and then take the trail into the dunes. Yeah, I mean, it really wasn't much of a trail, really. It was like three-quarters of a mile through the desert until you reach the sand, which is bright white color, you know, super smooth and fine. It kind of felt like sugar. Mm. Um, But these dunes aren't really as nasty as uh, as the ones uh, in, like, the great sand dunes, you know. But... They're shimmering and especially beautiful at the mountain backdrop there. It's just a little different than what I expected. Um, 
But yeah, it's, very. It's still diverse, and you can definitely see there's a lot of uh, wildlife and uh, creatures. There. Yeah, the views were extraordinary and very unique compared to, especially compared to anything else in the park. So that was that was fun, and we got to see jackrabbits and then the, the road desert. runners. Oh, oh road my gosh, runners! Very exciting. Yeah, some serious cartoon like wildlife out there in the sand dunes. History. We should talk about the highest peak in Texas some more um, because there's a lot of human history here. Um, it's fascinating to mention the fact that most of the park is actually a gigantic fossilized reef. Yeah, it's actually the largest Permian, what's called a Permian reef in the world. It's like the biggest in on Earth, actually. It's kind of hard to imagine that what's now a desert environment being a tropical reef millions and millions of years ago. But this part of Texas used to be part of a shallow sea. And the heart of it was this enormous reef filled with shells and sponges and all that coral goodness. Mm-hmm. But now that the world's changed and continents have moved around and things have dried up, all of this reef, all of this ancient reef is now exposed in this desert climate. Yeah, and a lot of trails you can see the how the rock walls look dried up with the coral reef and how some of the rocks you're stepping on are actually crushed remnants of the same reef. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. And it, it's especially noticeable on um, trails like the Permian Reef, which I mentioned earlier. You can also pick up an audio guide from the Visitor Center for free. And as you're walking along the trail, it'll point out specific things on the route, telling you more about what the environment was like way back when, when it was underwater, and highlighting the different reef portions, which to the untrained eye, or if you're just kind of glancing over it, you would never, you would not necessarily know it. Or you would think it's just a rock face. Or, yeah, it's definitely good to like look at all those before going on your hikes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And you can also, another opportunity, you can get a real good reefy vibe at the grotto section at the end of the McKittrick Canyon Trail. It's an additional couple miles past the Pratt Lodge where we were, but I would say you should definitely do it, especially if you want to immerse yourself more in this like reef environment, this reef setting. Well worth the extra effort. Yeah, it definitely is. It's not that hard either. It's flat and mo- it's, a lot of it's shaded. And the grotto, this section, it gets its name not only from just how many of these lush, shady trees there are, but also the this cave-like reef wall that covers a lot of it. It's really tranquil, really unique, and it has these pillar-like reef structures that dangle from the roof like stalactites. They're huge. They're kind of spiky and a little sharp, so don't like slam yourself against it, I guess, but why would you do that? And yeah, the grotto is a really lovely place to like sit down, relax, and have a have a nice little picnic with my favorite food, tuna salad. You really like tuna <laughs> salad. But before we go to my favorite segment of the day, we are going to take a quick break. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant 
Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hi, I'm Brad. And I'm Matt. And you're listening to Parklandia. It's that time again where we get to do one of our favorite segments of the podcast. My favorite. Matt, what was your favorite thing to do at Guadalupe Mountains National Park in West Texas? Well, you could probably guess what my least favorite part was, and that's the El Capitan. El Capitan yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Not my favorite. No. Um, I would say, though, my favorite was the time that I summited Guadalupe Peak on my first time here. It was super strenuous. Well, it was strenuous, tiresome, but I also just felt such a sense of accomplishment doing that trail. This was, at the time, one of the hardest and longest trails I had done. This was when I was really getting into more hardcore hiking and pushing myself and challenging myself. And I just felt really accomplished and really strong when I was able to finish that. Yeah. And also the views were just fantastic. And it was neat to be able to say that I've been to the top of Texas. So thoroughly loved that. That is actually a really cool feat to have. I mean, yeah. mine, though, was probably definitely, probably definitely, okay, probably we'll go with that. Probably definitely Pratt Lodge. I just loved it. I mean, you could just sit under those trees as they're, like, swishing back and forth. Mm. And if I had my hammock, I would literally have been in heaven. Yeah. And I guess that would be my first thing. 
is a hammock and a full picnic lunch for Pratt Lodge. Um, you know, I think that this was great. And here we go with the reoccurring thing of water because it's just Texas. It's dry. And there's a lot of sun. <laughs> there's not a lot of shade. So you yeah. definitely need water. And then I would definitely bring sunglasses because um, there's, there's a reflection from the water as you're walking through and then the sun, of course. Yeah, right. That's important. Um, for me, I think the three things I would bring would be a windbreaker, probably. I mean, considering what I endured, I think that would make sense. Um, preferably a windbreaker that could also shield me when I'm being heaved against jagged rock would be ideal and really helpful. I would also bring... Drama queen. Yeah. No. Spot on. <laughs> um, I would also bring prescription sunglasses. It gets super bright, and I needed to use... I have transitional lenses, so I have... There are these gigantic, obnoxious-sized glasses that will d darken and tint when it's in the sun, so... It's just so much fun. They're really they're protective different. and good, and I wore them a lot when I was in Guadalupe Mountains because you're in the desert and everything's so exposed, and it's not very often that you have a sufficient tree cover. And then the third thing I would bring, which you could probably guess, is my favorite lunch item. And for some reason, I, I ate this everywhere in Guadalupe Mountains, is my favorite little tuna salad lunch packets. I've eaten them all over at this point in this park. I've eaten them in the grotto, Guadalupe Peak. and I'm never allowing you, know, you to buy tuna reef. again. It's just too it's much tuna. Yeah, and also, speaking of snacky things that I love, I wanted to give a special shout-out to Taos Mountain Bars, which we discovered at the Pine Springs Visitor Center here at Guadalupe Mountains. So good. Such a great surprise. So great. I mean, yeah. they are literally the best. Yeah, because the park doesn't have any restaurants or cafe or anything, and we were in there to, like, pick up um, probably a, a visitor guide, look for, like, items to buy, souvenirs, and the Visitor Center had this little cooler stocked with these amazing locally made energy bars made just over the New Mexico border. And it's a small company. They use high-quality ingredients to make these delicious bars. And the one I had was almond agave, I think. And it was a game-changer for me. As someone who eats a lot of energy bars and granola bars and stuff, I feel pretty much ruined on other energy bars. Nothing can live up to it. And ever since then, I've been, like, stocking up on them at REI stores because they're so... Few and far between. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we need to wrap this up with our dream vacation and what it would be. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'd be happy to just come here and emerge without being bruised and bloody. That sounds like a dream to me. I'll take that. Mm hmm. Jorama Queen. Uh, but really, though, I mean, it, I think it'd be amazing to come here in the fall to see all the foliage. Oh. I know, I know, seriously. So bright, so vivid. I think when most people think of foliage, they think of, like, New England settings, which is great, but there are actually really stunning maple trees in colors here, especially along, all along, like, McKitcher Canyon area, and especially in October when things really, really, really brighten. Yeah, and the temperature is definitely more comfortable at that time of the year as well. Yeah, totally. And I think it would also be really fun to stay inside the park with our RV um, there are a bunch of RV sites at the Pine Springs area by the Visitor Center. And surprisingly, this area had good Wi-Fi service. I remember like sitting in the parking lot and being like, oh, I can actually access internet. So 
we could do this. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually not, that's great because that's yeah. a big struggle that we have is the internet service. Right. I know, big struggle. And probably one of the reasons that we didn't even consider camping here because we assumed it would be not possible. But good to know for the future and also conveniently close to a variety of trailheads. And Taos Mountain Bars. Yes, of course, of course. So in addition to those things, those aspects, I think it would also be fun to camp here because we could stargaze at night. It's perfect for that. We're far, far removed from any city lights, so we could just gawk the leaves by day and then by night just stare at the stars. And how lovely does that sound? It sounds really lovely. Yeah. You've been listening to the Parklandia Podcast, a show about national parks by iHeartRadio. Created by Matt Kerouac, Brad Kerouac, and Christopher Haziotis. Produced and edited by Mike Johns. Executive produced by Christopher Haziotis. Special thanks to Gabrielle Collins, Krista Waters, and the rest of the Parklandia crew. And hey, listeners, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people like you find our show. You can keep up with us on social media. Check out photos from our travels on Instagram at Parklandia Pod. And join in the conversation in our Facebook group, Parklandia Rangers. Thank you so much for listening. place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.